0: is episode 98 of off script with trish close intimate interviews and fun conversations with interesting people joining me via skype today i have my good buddy Braden hit hi Braden. a lot hey of people know you because you own a popular little spot in downtown medford called over easy yeah yeah you just opened a brick and mortar store when that was like last year
1: uh in november of last year yeah
0: Yeah, and I would just say, you know, welcome to owning brick and mortar. What better way of a welcome than a pandemic?
1: You know, like it wasn't hard enough just getting the thing built. And then, you know, zombie apocalypse happens and, you know, we didn't have that plan in our back pocket. So,
0: Welcome to owning a restaurant. Now you have to shut down.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Please close your doors for a month and a half.
0: Exactly. We're going to talk a little bit about, well, we're probably going to talk a lot about that because I'm just curious from your perspective. Um, I do want to say first, though, you have been on this podcast before. In fact, you were episode number three. You were episode oh, yeah. number three, and now you're episode number 98. Oh, yeah. I, well, sadly, that episode three. The video version of it is lost in space. I have, I have no idea where it is. Can't find it.
1: I think it was because we shined too bright together. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <Too much. laughs> The tape couldn't hold it.
0: Yeah. No, it was a really fun episode, and I'm really irritated that I, I don't have it archived anywhere. Like, really irritated. So I feel yeah. like this one's going to be bigger and better than episode number three.
1: It's going to be explosive.
0: It is going to be explosive. So welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Um, This is going to be a little bit of a redo. So I'm going to ask you a few questions that I asked you way back in the day. I think that was like two years ago. Uh, Where are you from originally, Braden Hitt?
1: Uh, Oklahoma City.
0: Oklahoma City. What was it like growing up in Oklahoma City?
1: Uh, You know, it was, I I was really lucky. Like, I lived in the big city of Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was exposed to um, very... uh, kind of an integrated, you know, population, whereas um, a lot of the other people from there, you know, it's still kind of separate. And back then growing up, I was born in 73, you know, and, and even into the, you know, early 80s and everything, there was still a lot of, uh, you know, segregation and mm-hmm. separation. And, um, you know, we went back um, last year in October, And, um, I was really pleased with the way that kind of Oklahoma has kind of come around and there's like a culture there and arts are really picking up foods, a real big thing now. And so, yeah, it's growing up. There was a, um, I mean, it seemed normal to me, you Mm know, (laughs) but you know, that's, that's where you are though.
0: Well, and as you know, from South Carolina, so I completely understand that vibe and I, and I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, was yeah. food? Did food play a big role in your life growing up in Oklahoma City?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, my, you know, my mom um, was I, we were latchkey kids, you know, and so my mom worked um, all the time, and uh, so whenever she came home, you know, is she cooked stuff that was quick, you know, and um, but her mother and my dad's mother they were phenomenal cooks. Like we would spend every weekend, either at one of the two grandma's houses, eating a big family meal and help cooking. And, you know, there's, I still have uh, recipes that my, you know, for my grandma's like um, chicken and noodles. And so like, it's, it was a, it was a big part of our life. You know, uh, my grandmother um, on my mom's side, uh, their whole basically their their house they lived in the like the suburbs of of Oklahoma City but they had almost an acre worth of garden that she grew all their vegetables all their you know strawberries one of my favorite you know memories is like sitting in in the garden with my grandma and like eating strawberries out of a she'd sit me down in the strawberry patch with a bowl of water and she'd be over there picking you know potatoes or whatever. And I'd just be mowing her, uh, mm. strawberries that she grew is amazing.
0: Yeah. I have incredible memories of my grandma's garden. It was, that was a big deal yeah. for her. And we did corn. Corn was a huge thing for us. And yeah. we would load up a, the back of a pickup truck with all this corn and then you'd go to the house and you'd put it away. Right. Cause you have to like blanch it right. and then take it off the husk and then put it in freezer yeah. bags and you had corn for the next, the whole yeah. rest of your life. Yeah, totally, yeah. Um, was there a bit, was there, like, a vegetable that she grew or your family grew that was was like that, was a big deal?
1: Um, she, <clears throat> excuse me, she, I, I remember the, um, she used to grow, like, four different varieties of potatoes, hmm. and what she did with those potatoes was pure magic. Like, she used to make this, like, one she would always make it for me. Nobody really she made two different things for me that nobody really ate except for me. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was uh, boiled okra that she would grow and it was she would just boil okra with butter and salt and pepper in it I mean it's you know if you've never eaten okra or know what okra does, it just slimes out. Snot. And so it's just it's a snotty mess. <laughs> and so Uh, but I loved it as a kid. It was, I don't know, today it would make me gag, but like back then, that was, that was the bee's knees back then. So, um, but then she made just a simple, you know, they, they were, they were dirt farmers. They lived in Oklahoma during the Dust Bowl and during depression and everything. Actually, my, my uh, grandfather and my uncle came to Medford to do, um, logging back in the day to help support the family back in Oklahoma I didn't know that until actually I moved here and That's so that crazy. Was a, yeah it's a cool little piece of history that I had no idea and, and my um, my aunt on my mom's side um, was saying that I was like yeah that's where dad and Freddie went to do logging back in the day to, to make a little extra cash
0: that's so, crazy I've, I learned yeah. after moving to Oregon no one in my family, I mean, most of my family is like, where is Oregon, actually? Where where does that place yeah. exist? Um, yeah. But I learned my grandmother on my dad's side, she was born in Oregon. Like, this is where she lived. Oh, wow. And so I had this that's weird... That's really cool. Yeah, I had this weird connection yeah. with that. So um, that's really cool. It when was you, meant to be. It totally meant to be. Um, yeah. So one thing about Southern food that a lot of people don't understand, because I feel like in the last few years, it's gotten really trendy. Do you think?
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: The whole fried yeah. chicken stuff. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's pe- it's peasant food, right? Like you said, you know, it's like this, yeah. like yeah, poor farmer food.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, a lot of the times it was, um, it, you know, there wasn't a lot of money, and you had to pack on the calories because you're working in the fields and stuff. So you're eating heavily, you know butter and beef and, you know, mm-hmm. chicken, just, just heavy stuff to sustain, to have sustenance to pack your belly full, you know, before you went out and worked all day.
0: Yeah. My mom told me a story. My great grandfather, uh, had his own smokehouse. So, oh yeah, yeah. so they would butcher a pig and then he would, you know, take it apart himself and then he would smoke it and then it would just hang in there for, for months and they'd go out, he'd yeah. cut what he needed. And then they would bring yep. it back in. And yep. you know, turnips. My great grandmother would cook all parts of the turnip and they would use mm-hmm. some sort of like smoked ham hock or something. Mm-hmm. And that was food for, you know, whatever, three days.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's crazy it's just, to think about. Yeah.
0: Well and it's well, you know,
1: everything's at our fingertips you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can have any vegetable any time of the year.
0: You know, it's It's, pretty amazing. It's (laughs) pretty amazing. And I remember some of my favorite meals, like chicken and rice, like the most just simple, super simple, green beans with potatoes. Like yep, simple food, but it's the best.
1: My my grandma was big into black eyed peas and she grew her own peas and uh, grew her own peanuts, also goober peas. And so we would, uh, she would roast them and, but then, um, you know, black-eyed peas were always a big thing for us too. You know, but again, it's it's cheap, easy to grow, and it grows a lot of it. You know, so right, it's good.
0: Yeah, really good.
1: And it goes really, really good with smoked hog.
0: <sighs> big time. <laughs> we're big, we're big pig people in the south. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. When did you leave Oklahoma City?
1: Uh, whenever I was twenty-seven. Okay. So twenty years ago.
0: And refresh my memory. Uh, Did Vegas, did Vegas come before Portland or Portland, which, which came first?
1: Uh, Portland, uh, first. Uh, so I went to, I moved from Oklahoma city to Portland to, uh, go to culinary school. And, um, after culinary school, I hung out in Portland for, I don't know, two or three, two years maybe after, after I graduated. And then, uh, um, I moved to Las Vegas, and, or no, I'm sorry. I moved to, yeah, I moved to Las Vegas. Sorry. it's My memory is not as good as it used sure. to be. Um, uh, but yeah, I moved to Las Vegas from Portland and, uh, lived there for a couple of years, I think two years, and then uh, moved to Brick and Ridge, Colorado mm. and was a chef there. I worked at, uh, the two hot tamales in, uh, or the border grill in, um, Vegas, and then I worked for another place called Ventanos, which was like um, a chef named Arnold Brion, and he was um, like the executive sous chef of the Rainbow Room at one point and um, you know, used to serve like Frank Sinatra and stuff. So he was like Dang. it was it was really weird. He was a, a really like he was true French. like he, like it was hard to understand him whenever he spoke, but he cooked Italian food and knocked it out of the park. It was
0: pretty interesting. Anytime I hear someone with a super thick French accent, I think of Talladega Nights, where it's like, it sounds like you've got yeah. peanut butter in your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. They, uh, it, they're, it's easy to make fun of, especially in the <laughs> this botterous world of cooking. Uh, Say sheet pan with a fresh uh, ass accent, right. accent. It doesn't sound like pan, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I'm picking up what you're laying down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what inspired you to go to culinary school? What was it that you said, yep, this is what I want to do?
1: Um, you know, I think what really got me was I, um, one of my mentor, her name was Sandy Hamilton. She was from Oklahoma city and she was one of the first cooking jobs that I had. And I was green. I didn't know anything. And I, you know, I'd watched Just like everybody else, I, you know, came up on, you know, Julia Childs and Mm -hmm. Justin Wilson and, you know, all these old PBS chefs that, you know, that were first in the game, you know, and so I just, I, that's where my, my, uh, inquisitive like side of cooking came out. Like I was just really interested in cooking, you know, and so I, I started working for her and she sent me out to, um. Kind of stage at um, her son's restaurant in Nashville, and which was Barbara Mandrell's restaurant called Magnolias, mm. and um, so I went out there and stayed with him for a couple of weeks and really saw what could be done with food, you know, and like or saw a totally different side that I didn't know, you know, like duck confit, and you know that was my first introduction to that, and um, that just lit the fire under me to like do something more. So I got back to Oklahoma from doing that. And, um, my buddy, uh, actually one of my oldest friends, Robert Johnson, he, I've known. Robert, Robert, And uh, he was, uh, he was saying, he was like, I think I'm going to move to Portland. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to come with you. I'm going to go to culinary school up there. And so I sold off basically everything that I had and signed up and we moved to, Portland and uh yeah I sold my car so I was I was bussing it for the first three years that I was there and it was it was a really cool experience coming from Oklahoma to Portland which is a totally different vibe and totally different scene and like um it just really it changed my life really yeah you know like it made me it made me not scared to to like go for it and pursue you know my life instead of being kind of held down by Oklahoma standards, you know, and like the the expectant, the the attitude of you know, as soon as you get out of high school, you you know, you get married and mm-hmm. you go to church and you have twelve kids and you know, I'm just like, I'm not, that's not for me, man. I I have a hard enough time taking care of myself. <laughs> I don't need that responsibility.
0: And Bugsy, I've, I mean, I'm surprised Bugsy's hey, still alive. Well, no, I'm just kidding.
1: But that I say that to Stephanie every day that we I, like we high five each other almost on a daily basis, like, Hey, man, we're doing good. We kept Bugsy alive for five years now, we're we're knocking it out of the park.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mm-hmm. get that. That's I was gonna say that's quite the leap for I mean, you're what like 18, 19, 20 when you take that leap. No, at that,
1: no, I waited so I, I didn't move until I was 26.
0: Oh, okay, okay, still,
1: yeah, I yeah i had no it's yeah it was just like we you know like i said growing up there was it was restricted you know it was a very it's a very religious state and very like set in its ways which you know it has its place i guess it works for people but like i was always on the outskirts of you know the norm I guess I was always a weird kid and I just you know we me and my friends had always just talked about moving away and so once we got the opportunity we just did it we just like I said I sold I literally sold everything I had a bag of clothes and you know deodorant and a toothbrush and we moved to (laughs) Portland (laughs) it was fun
0: would you say you fit in to Portland pretty easily or I mean was this like when you got there where you're like okay this is my people
1: uh, yeah, the, uh, the first night, <laughs> the first night that we got there, um, while, before we had moved, my, um, uh, my buddy had lived in Portland for a while. He was, and whenever we had moved up there, he was living in Seattle, but he hooked us up with some people. He was like, Hey, as soon as you guys get there, this guy wants to meet you guys. He'll show you around. He, he knows, you know, the restaurant industry, he knows all of this stuff. Um, so get in touch with him. Well, the first night that we're there, we literally unload the car, call this guy. And he's like, Hey, I'm having a house party. You should come over. And, um, we were like, okay, we've been on the road for 18 hours, you know, and like we were still awake. And so we went out there and, um, so in, in Oregon, your alcohol percentage of beer is a lot higher than it is in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, it's 32 well, and you know, it's Coors Light in Milwaukee's best uh-huh. in Oklahoma, you know. So you could drink a twelve pack to your, your face and not <laughs> feel it. Well, we come here the first night that we're here, and we come out, and he's got a kegerator, which was a totally new concept to me. I was blown away by that instantly. But he had a um, a keg of uh, Deschutes um, Jubile Ale.
0: Oh man! Um,
1: and he, yeah, and he's like. You're going to love this, man. Just come on. This is, this is you know, because then Deschutes was like a big, you know, yeah. microbrewery and all this stuff. I got so faded that night and <laughs> ended up like puking on his zucchinis in his garden. Like the first night that we're in Portland and I'm supposed to be making this impression of like meeting these, you know, sure. Portlandites, you know, and I end up Ralphing all over the. <laughs> Garden boxes out back of their house because I can't hold my liquor because I'm, you know, <laughs> but
0: that's great. Welcome to friends, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> um, but after culinary school, you work in you work in a good amount of restaurants, right? From Portland oh, to yeah. Vegas to Colorado. I mean, you you have a good resume of restaurants that you're working in.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I do. You know, like I, whenever i finally got out of the um out of culinary school i really was like all right i i I, it was a big thing for me to leave oklahoma in the first place and and pursue something like to go to school was a big thing for you know nobody in in my immediate family went to any kind of you know college or votech or any of that you know state college whatever and so, you know, for me to move away and actually go to culinary school was was big. So once I got out, I was just like, all right, it's on. I'm, I'm going to apply to every restaurant that I can and see what, what lands, you know. And um, I started working at the Veritable Quandary and um, worked there and then um, moved to Las Vegas and... From in Vegas, that's where I, I hooked up at the um, Too Hot Tamales. They like started Food Network basically, and um, they own is, the Border Grill.
0: Is that the two females?
1: Yeah, Nancy and Mary. Yes. yes, yes. And they go down to they go down to Mexico all the time, and they learn all these recipes, and they bring it up. It was a really fascinating place to work because we were we were in the Mandalay Bay on the beach, so we had like a taco shop on the bottom, and then a set down restaurant on top. And everything was scratch done. Like, they had a room that was specifically two ladies making tortillas. Like, it was yes. eye-opening to me. It was amazing. It was really, really cool. And just to see that level of production and still hold, maintain that, like, from scratch mentality, you know, instead of using, you know, pre-done stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if that makes any kind of sense. It was, it was really cool to see. So, you know, coming out of that, I... Um, got the opportunity to uh, be the chef at um, a place called Sky Blue in Las Vegas. I had met um, the owner of that while I was living in Vegas, and she had moved to Colorado to Breckenridge and had opened up this little breakfast lunch spot. And uh, her her chef backed out, so I I left. But then, you know, it was, I just, I, I tried to learn as much as I could. That was that was it. I would work at a place for except for the Veritable Quandry. That was like my that's still my home. Excuse me, home away from home. It's very um they you know the variable Quandry shut down, but the um they whole staff basically has opened up a new restaurant uh, called the Q, and they're you know still doing the classics and you that's know doing amazing. doing it right. But yeah, it's 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 a really cool place to work.
0: Well, getting back to the scratch, you know everything from scratch. That's kind of being from the south, I know you saw that probably in mom's kitchen, grandma's kitchen. I know I for sure saw that in my grandma's kitchen. Nothing, nothing came yeah. out of a can or a box. I mean, everything oh, was scratched up. Yeah,
1: everything was. Yep. Yeah. You know, and but then you know, coming back into my immediate family, my mom didn't <laughs> didn't cook like that. You know, she didn't pick up all those um, those techniques. Yeah. per se she was, that wasn't her thing whenever she was a kid she
0: well she, so. she she was a single mom right for a while
1: no well a, a, yes after the, my dad passed whenever um i was 16 right and so uh yeah so she like it was you know my dad was always kind of a fly by the seat of your pants type of dude anyways you know what i mean he um there was a stint where he, so he was a um he was into he he did he what what his profession was is that he he was a salesman, mm-hmm. but he sold like specifically like TVs and um, VCRs and you know all, all the old technology from back in the day like that was the thing you know so he opened up his own his own shop and it eventually like it, then the eighties hit and the recession happened and he had to bank he'd go bankrupt but then after that he just kind of. He sold boats for a while. He played nine ball to keep us uh, uh, alive for a little bit or help support us. Um, oh. He was a great, great uh, pool shark. But he, oh. um, yeah, he, he he worked at a bar um, called the Lamplighter for a little bit. That was his, like, hangout. And he hustled pool there for a while. Yes. Uh, my mom, yeah, my mom literally um, worked at the same job. Like, she was the pillar of the family. She kept... She kept everything in a straight mm-hmm. line. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. If it wasn't for mom, we we would have been gypsies. She was of some the CEO.
0: Sort. The CEO.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, she she kept things in, in line.
0: So getting back to some of <coughs> these restaurants that you've worked in, um, and you don't have to name names, but is there a is there a worst kitchen that you've worked in? Is there a best kitchen?
1: Oh, there was a, a yeah. I've seen. I've seen things, um, <laughs> tell me, I've, tell I've me seen, a
0: bad kitchen. What, what was paint a picture of like a really bad kitchen where you were like, this is a cluster.
1: Th- there was, there was one I, I won't, I'm not naming a name. Don't um, do it. It, it, you wouldn't know it anyways, it's in Vegas, but I worked there for lit. It was whenever I first got there and, um, whenever I like, I think it's really you can kind of see it in my cooking. Now I use a lot of chilies and I use a lot of, um, you know, kind of Southwest flavor, you know, along with that kind of, um, Southern cooking. I, I, I like to kind of fuse the two a little bit sometimes. Um, and so I really wanted to focus on that, like right out of culinary school. That's what I want. I wanted to like move to New Mexico and, and become a chili head basically. And just, cook with chilies and you know be the next Bobby Flay like that was you know this is before Bobby Flay even happened and I was just like that's what I want to be um but I um ended up uh whenever I first moved to Vegas I worked at this place for like literally it was like two days and I was like I I cannot work here it was disturbing I I, like it was bad It, it just like um it really improper food handling <laughs> and no, um, sanitation per se. Um, it was, it was weird. And so I just ended up, go- I, I went up to the guy that was running the place. I was like, listen, man, this is not what I was thinking it was going to be. And this just, isn't for me. So I'm, I'm, I quit. <laughs> and so I, I left there and, um, and so, yeah, it was, I, I just, I, just literally could not serve food from the place because i was afraid that i was going to make somebody sick so oh, dude uh, yeah and they eventually got shut down um like wow. uh, two months later they got they got knocked for uh just rats and
0: oh, cockroaches mm-mm.
1: and stuff. it, it no. was bad it was bad man like it was i i i have no idea how they actually survived up until that point
0: is that one of the biggest fears of being a chef? Is that you're going to make someone sick, or is there another big yeah. fear?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that like we have a real responsibility as as cooks. You know what I mean? To like really, um, people are entrusting us. It's real. I, I it kind of sounds gross, but it's, it, it 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 rings true. They people are entrusting us to put stuff into their mouth and to like them to swallow it and, and nourish themselves. You know what I mean? Like I, I hate to, it, it sounds offhanded, but, but it's, it's not true. like, but, like it. legitimately it's true. It like, it's, it's a very intimate thing that, that people are allowing us to do. And the last thing that I want to do is make somebody sick because of, you know, some stupid mistake that I, that I made, you know, and like, um, it's, it's completely, a, avoidable you just be clean just wipe your you know wipe your shit down you know <laughs> like just do it just wipe just clean you oh. know and so like it's 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 easy to do but um it's can be you know the restaurant industry is taxing you know and so like if you're not properly staffed that stuff gets swept under the rug literally you know and um I, I, we've been really fortunate you know i no matter what it's going to be clean in my, in my kitchen, you know, yeah. and I'm the, food is. I don't, I don't stock, you know, I, I have a really kind of small space. So, um, I don't stock a lot of food. You know what I mean? Like I order for what I need. I change my menu mm-hmm. all the time. You know, I like to keep people guessing what we're doing and it makes it more interactive. I feel like, like if they, if we, garner a lot of social media hits just by people checking in to see what we're doing this week, you know, which is, that's huge, especially in today, in today's society, you have to have that under wraps or, you know, or under control because our society is very um, vocal these days about our... (laughs) about my industry or about the restaurant industry as a whole and you really you know there's a good and bad side to that you you know I I want if somebody's not having a bad if somebody's having a bad experience in my spot I I want to be able to correct that while you're there you know what I mean like if you tell me hey man this isn't the way that I wanted it or this isn't what I was thinking. We're going to do whatever it takes to make you happy before you leave our doors. Mm-hmm. If you tell me everything is great and then you go home and write a 12 page essay on how you just had the worst meal of your life at my establishment. Yeah. I, I can't fix that. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not going to respond to any of that on, 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 you, you know, on, on a Yelp or Google review. I, I don't, that's,
0: well, you, can't you know, fix cause it I, at that I point. think
1: you're, you can't and you, and you're just opening yourselves up to be trolled by every other troll in, in, you know, in, in your County to get free yeah. stuff from you. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, come back in, we'll take care of you. No, tell me whenever you're here and I'll fix it for you now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what I, I want. You no, know, if, if the plates are coming back empty, you ate it. You know, like I don't know what <laughs> what to tell you.
0: Yeah, and uh, so, trust me, I know I know about the trolls, but I would like to hear Stephanie oh, look, from now well, on. I'm not,
1: not, to in- oh. not to interrupt you, but look, there's my Bruce. You're talking about Bruce Campbell. There's my Bruce Campbell. Yeah, cut.
0: hi, Bruce Campbell. I really wish Bruce Campbell yeah. would do episode 100 of Off Script. Wouldn't that be great?
1: I, that, I'm still waiting to meet Bruce Campbell. I've been in the the same room. He was eating. I didn't want to mess with him, but like. I got to shake that guy's hand at some point.
0: He was eating in a restaurant you were eating in locally?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah. He, he and I yeah. use the same cleaner, dry cleaners.
1: That'd be nice. And you know how that's I know that? Well, okay, that's wait, a little bit stocky. Okay, wait, wait, wait. That's wait. a little
0: bit stocky. So I go in to drop off some stuff, and I see this, like, fantastic 100% blue sequined blazer. And I was like, that's awesome. The owner goes, it's Bruce Campbell's. And I was like, wait a second, why aren't our pictures up on the wall in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But getting back to, I would like Stephanie now, from now on, when she hands you a to-go box of food or here's your, here's your food at your table, I want her to say, please enjoy putting this in your mouth and swallowing it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's, you know, I, again, it's one of those things, I don't know how else to say that.
0: But you're so right, Braden. and of all like I just feel like cleanliness and running a good smooth kitchen isn't that like culinary school 101? I mean, that's just you
1: would, you, you would think. Okay. It's okay. a it, like it it can be again, like I said, it can be very you get overwhelmed in this industry, especially if you're busy. You know, mm-hmm. like things we we're a prime example of that, you know, we whenever we hit the ground running our opening day, we did 165 people, you know, and that and we had never cooked one plate of food coming out of the kitchen.
0: Dude.
1: And so it was just like, it was insane.
0: Mm-hmm. It was nuts.
1: You know, we were, because I wanted to kind of do it, again, kind of guerrilla style where I just like showed myself turning the on open sign and then I was just going to open up, kind of give it a, tr- you know, test run. No. And all, like, within an hour of people catching wind that we were open, it had been shared, like, 50 times, and, like, it was nuts. We had a line out the door, you right. know, so that that, was, it was great.
0: The Chicken Sammy that you made for me last Friday has more right. likes on Instagram. I mean, I it's, crazy. it's
1: crazy. Yeah, it's- yeah, you know, we we are very, very blessed to have such just a great – community support. It was insane. Whenever we were building this restaurant out, we literally had I mean, one of our main investors is an old customer. That's mm. that's how like you know, it just makes me and Stephanie feel very very It makes it feel worthwhile. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we 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 have done something in a community that um, people like, and people, you know, this is a part of people's lives now, you know, and which is, that's huge for me, man. Like th- to have that same person come in sometimes twice a weekend, whenever we're up and running, like they'll literally come in and have two dishes one day and two dishes the next day, you know? And like, it's just, it's, it's just humbling, you know, it's, it's really cool. And, um, we, we, that was the whole point of what we're doing here. You know, like whenever we first opened up, um, to get off the ground, we had probably 20 people come and like paint and clean walls. And like, we, it was just, it was, it's really cool. Then we, since, you know, all of this stuff has happened in the pandemic hit and, um, we, the community outreach, everybody knows that, you know, we've only been open for four months you know, so it was just like, uh, we, you know, me and Stephanie didn't know what was going to be happening, you know, and this is our dream. This is, we put everything into doing this, you know, and, um, it was almost right out of year of just like blood, sweat, and tears to get this damn place open, mm-hmm. you know, and then it happens. And we were like, a rocket ship, you know, we're just like, everybody was like behind us and we're doing great. And then, you know, then it happened. And, you know, I, I, I have mixed feelings about the whole thing, but like at the same time, I'm glad that we were closed for a little bit. Like I, you know, like my, again, it goes back to what I was saying before about, you know, food handling and making somebody sick. The last thing that I want to do is be the reason why Mm -hmm. somebody gets a crazy virus that I have no control over because they were sitting in a space that I own. Uh And then they give that to their grandparents or something. Somebody died. Like, that's not, I don't want that. That's too heavy for me, man. Like, that's not why we, we are, that's not why we did this. You know, like we, we have to play everything smart, you know, and like keep the community as number one. And our employees are, are the first things on our mind whenever it comes to any of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like our Livelihood means nothing if we are responsible for somebody getting sick.
0: Yeah, I've had so you know many what? conversations about this. The we'll we'll have a little quick Rona vent right now, and it's yeah. Not, sorry, I, I, no, it's con- perfect. Actually, yeah. it's it's one of those things where I I'm hearing a lot of I refuse to live in fear. I'm going to go about my daily life, and I, I just for me that's not the point. The point is I'm not living in fear, but I certainly oh. don't want to be carrying around a deadly virus that I could give to someone else who will not survive it
1: yeah yeah and you you show no symptoms of it you know what I mean like that's that's the reality of it and so like you know for I it having this situation happen at this time in in where we're at we have to like police people that come into our space I that's not that's not what i want to do you know what i mean and it's a necessity though that's that's the thing to help slow what is happening in our society but i think that that is me and stephanie were talking about this the other day i think that is we have a social responsibility and it's not just us and our plight you know, it's everybody, you know, it's right. the people that come in here. It's our, it's our employees. It's everybody, you know, and people are losing sight of that. And the people that don't, and I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent here, that don't think that it's real and, you know, are just throwing caution to the wind. Uh, to me, that's not socially responsible. Right. Okay. Believe that, but don't. Don't try to force that on me. I if I get it, like I have asthma and I have, you know, high blood pressure and I have all the things that they're telling me. If I get it, I I could possibly die from it. You know what I mean? I don't want that. I don't. No. Want, I don't. I'm not trying to. I don't. I'm not trying to mess around with that. You know what I mean? So like, I I we whenever it happened, we shuddered for three weeks. We just closed down. I was like, I I don't want to. I, I'm I, I'm nervous. I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on, you know. And um, and now coming out of it, we gotta take baby steps. You know, we we we're doing to goes, but like there's a lot of restrictions that are being placed on restaurants, and we're like just to go, just to go. Oh, we're open, and you know, let's hope that nobody gets the the Rona while we're serving yeah. you an omelet. You know what I mean? Like we gotta like we gotta play it smart and. And we're not, we haven't, we're not prepared to open yet. We don't have my spaces. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's, it's just that I think that, sorry, Is that it, Steph? it's just that like, yeah, she, <laughs> um, she says, hi. <laughs> um, I, I, I think that like, you know, it, it's it's an individual basis, you know? Whatever people want to do, that's what they're going to do, man. We okay. you know, we live in America, you can it, it, you're free to do whatever. But if I choose to do something different, that doesn't mean that I'm wrong or you're right or mm. you're wrong and I'm right. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we're just trying to get through this the best way that we can and keep our heads above water. This the the, the loans and stuff that came out to help protect businesses, they don't it's a really tough sell for restaurants. Like mm-hmm. restaurants are, this it, this loan is not made for restaurants, and so this we're in a really crucial time as as an industry. Like, legitimately, I, I think here in the next couple of months we're going to see um, um, a lot of restaurants shuttering
0: yeah. for for good. For good, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's what's happening is that we as a nation are realizing that our industry employs a huge population of people mm-hmm. a huge population and and now it is you know you, we i, I don't want to think this way but like economic collapse is we're on the brink of it you know what i mean and like we have to be smart about what we're doing and not put ourselves in further debt and that's what a lot of this help that's coming out mm-hmm. is is doing you know, it's just uh,
0: looking back and and taking that three week break and now doing baby steps. I mean, do you think that was the best decision? Do you regret any of that?
1: No, okay. I, do, I don't regret closing for those three weeks at all. Um, again, it, you know, f- from a business side, it just didn't make sense. Nobody was coming out. Everybody was, you know, and for me to stay open and pay people to be here in the hopes that somebody comes is. Again, I'm new, you know, so like it's more cost effective for me to be shuttered than it is to have product coming in that's going to waste. Like that's the thing about the food industry is that our products are perishable. These aren't candles that we have on on a shelf. You know, this is something that if I don't sell it, that's money wasted to me, you know. And so like we have to play it smart. And I think closing those three weeks was probably one of the smarter things that, that we've done, you know, so.
0: I will say we're very fortunate in Southern Oregon. People here are very big on supporting local, not just restaurants, oh, totally. but local restaurants, yep. local businesses. And so yep. I'm really hoping that that's going to just keep us chugging along and moving forward. Yeah.
1: I, You know what, uh, honestly, like just being open on the weekends and doing to-go's, we've had such a response that I'm, I'm selling out um <clears throat> excuse me. I'm selling out. I have um people like uh, we had a lady buy a thousand dollars worth of gift certificates to give to the nurses. We had our insurance company um put us up and we got a grant from Allstate for five hundred dollars um because they we're a new business and they wanted and our, our um insurance agent wrote a letter. Yeah, Jay Christensen wrote a letter to Allstate and said, Hey, these guys are new they are, I'm sorry, what was it? Washington Washington Mutual, excuse me, I'm sorry, Washington Mutual, Mm -hmm. um, and he wrote, and, like, that's the kind of, like, he wrote an essay for us to get a $500 grant from, you know, and it's just, it's gonna make me cry, but, like, it's, it's really, it's heartwarming. Yeah, it really is, man, like, it, it, we, we're so lucky to be in the space that we're at, Right that now, love, so.
0: that support, that just keeps you and staff going, okay, well, yeah, let's keep going, get back in the kitchen, yeah. let's, go, let's not, do it.
1: Yeah, what we're doing is right, you know, and people are behind us, no matter what the decision is. Like, we had all weekend, this last weekend, you know, they're like, well, when are you guys going to open? And we're like, you know, we're not, we're not sure, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we got, and they're like, well, we, re-, a lot of people were like, we really respect that and we really mm-hmm. stand behind you and. You Know we'll order from you, you know, to goes until you open back up, same, and so yeah, you know, and it's just that's just a that's a cool feeling, you know, like we have the support, that's that's great.
0: You guys really do. I mean, that that gives me goosebumps, Brayden. That's so awesome. I love that, yeah. Um, and then as far the time as time to get
1: on here, crying, by the way, like look what's happening right now.
0: <laughs> Are you crying?
1: You almost did, Are you... you almost got it out of.
0: Dude, I'm like, I'm getting really good at this. If I'm, if I'm starting to make yeah. people cry. That's good, that's yeah. good. Yeah, um, well, <laughs> I will say we can, we can end the Roan event, but I'm, I'm really glad yeah, totally. you guys have taken the steps that you have taken and I can, I can speak for the community. I mean, it's just, you know, you guys post the menu on social media and then it's like, we're all texting like a bunch of groupies. We're like, oh my God, did you see what's on Overeasy's menu? So it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm just really thankful that you guys are still, yeah. still here. Uh, I want you to, Hey man,
1: we're good. We're, we're going for it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're determined We've Got the right backing and we're, we'll be here.
0: Yeah. So I want to get back to, um, kitchen, you like the kitchens that you've worked in. I asked chef, uh, Tim Keller, this question, was mm-hmm. there ever a moment where something really awful Happened in the kitchen, a, a faux pas, if you will, and you were just like, "Oh, crap!" Like,
1: <laughs> so I have, I have three stories that they're, they're kind of, they're, but they have always, like, um, stuck with me. Okay. And, uh, it it was so the. Like I, I, I like to um, like extracurricular activities. After I'm done working at night, we would bar hop and you know get drunk and go sing karaoke and just do dumb stuff after midnight. Um, so we um, we had uh, oh, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, we had gone out one night and I was working the brunch shift at a restaurant. And my sous chef and I had gone out the night before. Okay. And for the brunch shift, you would have to be there, you know, by 530 in the morning or whatever. Um, and so I ended up at home at one and got three hours of sleep and woke up. It's still half drunk and went to work. And whenever I get to, whenever I get to work. My sous chef, the guy that I had gone out with, um, he was already there. Uh, He had actually gone back to the restaurant after we left the bar, Mm -hmm. and he went straight from the bar back to the restaurant and started prepping. Oh, man. And so I walk in, and he is in the prep sink uh, taking a bath uh, because he was so drunk and uh, decided that he was – he he would wake up if he would was to have a shower or whatever. And I walk in and he's literally got a bubble bath and he's got like this little head thing on and he's just like, his feet are out of the, Uh, it was, it was amazing. Um, so that (laughs) that was one where I was just like, okay. Prep sink bath. um, uh, Yes. That was, that was pretty amazing. Then, I also had um, the same sous chef. We were working a (laughs) brunch shift. And he – so he he worked the saute line, which is right next to me, and I worked like the griddle and the grill and like the little pantry area behind me, right? And so in the middle of service, I had to cook more bacon. And as we're cooking bacon – went to pull the tray out from the oven and so the stovetop is here and then the oven's down below and I reached down below to pull the tray out while well, it gets hung in the, in the oven somehow it's like mm-hmm. a little bit cockeyed. So I like kind of yank it. And whenever I yanked it, my hand slipped off and the pan tilted down and it poured hot bacon grease into his like Birkin uh, Birkenstock that he was wearing. And, um, we, he, he had to go to the hospital <laughs> and he had, he had like, if this is the top of his foot,
0: yeah,
1: he had a blister on it that was like this. That whenever he moved it, it would like jiggle, like it was the most disturbing oh. thing. That I've- yeah,
0: bacon grease is and bad.
1: Then, yeah, it was pretty bad. And then I saw a guy uh, trip on the mat and his hand slipped into the fryer for like two seconds and like burnt like the. His fingertips. So that was the other one that I was just like, okay,
0: that's that's kitchens a a dangerous place.
1: It's very dangerous. You had like, uh, so you know, everybody that's in the industry knows. You know, if you're behind somebody, I always say behind. That is yeah. that is like if you listen to in the kitchen everybody says behind 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 you know and so I'll be at like the grocery store or something and it's just so <laughs> ingrained in me I'm walking behind them. I'm like behind and they're like they're, you know they'll <laughs> jump and they're like what is this guy saying like you know I'm sorry it's uh,
0: but yeah, what about my know, behind
1: I, yeah exactly mm-hmm. um, the 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 kitchen uh, the restaurant industry is there's a It's a it's a crazy industry and it's it's so much fun and just like but it's hard and it is a really hard lifestyle and you know it's not for everybody. You have to be a little bit.
0: Yeah, have you ever had a major burn or like sliced off a little bit of a finger?
1: Oh yeah, I I I mean my I whenever I first started in the profession, I like we I had an oven that I worked at. And my whole arm on my right side, like that was the one that I was, I would, um, I would go uh, to grab pans out of the oven with that were hot or whatever, you know. And I had burn marks all up and down my arm, like it looked like, you know, I'm not making fun of it, but it looked like I was a cutter. And like I just had burns on burns on burns on burns, yeah. and like you can't really see them now because they're all kind of tattooed over, but there's still some scarring from it. But I had duck confit explode on me one time and, and splash on. Ace, and that was pretty nuts.
0: Dang, war wounds. Yeah. You got those war wounds. War. Yeah. Well, Braden, hit. We're going to wrap up just a little bit, but to kind okay. of end this, to put the bow on this beautiful package that we've just created, um, mm. tell me the uh, Benicio del Toro story again.
1: <laughs> so, um, again, whenever I was working at the Veritable Quandary, mm-hmm. I, I worked at the Veritable Quandary for over ten years, off and on. Like I would quit and come back and quit and come back and like move away and come back. Yes, like, it I, was I a just love affair. Finish. You had
0: a love affair with them. It
1: was, they were, they were my family, yeah. like legitimately, like I, I could still, I could go there today and get a job and find a couch to sleep on because it's the same people working there. Like they, they are the a really tight knit family. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, um, where the veritable quandary was, was right off of the Hawthorne bridge in, in Portland. And so right as you came off the Hawthorne Bridge, there was the veritable quandary. It was this beautiful little patio. And like at night, it was, it was kind of like a – it was down by the hotel. So it was kind of a business space. You know, like I, that's where business people came to eat and drink and uh, hit on each other. And um, <laughs> it was a weird spot. Um, but the uh, – the, what was the – the movie was called The Hunted. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, it had Benicio del Toro, um, Tommy Lee Jones, and then a female actress. I want to say it was like, I can't remember. Um, anywho, one um, they and they were filming on the Hawthorne Bridge. Okay. And so they would, uh, and there was rumors like they were coming into the to the uh, to the restaurant at night to um, to eat and have drinks after they got done filming, and so like all like the whole cast would come over and all this would happen. Well, I had been I had been gone for a week while they were doing this, and then uh, whenever I got back, I had to work like five days in a row or six days in a row, and so I was like on my fourth day and I was just over it. And that place we just got creamed every night. Like wow. it was every night we were just hammer fisted all night long. And so after I, of course, as soon as you get, I, we get done, um, I would go sit at the bar and have a drink and, you know, start writing my prep list. That was a, the nightly thing. Right. And so I sit down at the bar and I'm not paying attention. Like I, you know, half the people that were in there, they, would never talk. I'm some scummy kid sitting at the bar, you know, having a drink after I get off of work, I smell like French fries and you know, it's not a great thing. Yeah. And they're in business suits and you know, they're doing their thing. And (laughs) so I sit down at the end of the bar and, um, the bartender of course was our friend. His name Mm -hmm. is Kyle and he knows what we, every night we got off, we had the same thing, you know? So I'm sitting there, I sit down, I have the menu in my hand and, all of a sudden a beer and a shot comes up and, and right in front of me. And, um, I was like, Oh, thanks Kyle. And I, I you know, I wasn't paying attention and you know, Kyle was asking me how my day was and I was like, Oh, it's good. I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. I've got things, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there writing my prep list for the next day. And, uh, the, uh, this guy sitting next to me. was like, you must know people here i was like oh yeah i i uh and i looked over and he's like got a hamburger or something in front of me i was like yeah i uh, said i just got off work i'm a cook here i was like i probably cooked your hamburger there and he was like oh that's great let me buy you let me buy you some um, what are you drinking i was like i'm drinking whiskey and he called kyle over and he got me top shelf whiskey and, and i still have not even like looked at this guy you know and i'm just like oh hey, thank, you know, I'm like, thanks, guy, you know, I appreciate it, and I'm writing stuff down, and I sit back, and I look up, and one of the waitresses is, like, looking at me, and she's like, oh my God. and I'm like, what, what, like, what What are you doing, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, looking behind me, you know, and there's nothing happening, and and she was like, and she's like, you know, mouthing Benicio Del Toro, I'm like, I don't, and I'm like yelling at her. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Say it loud. Use your words, you know. And like, and 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 the guy next to me, he started laughing. You know, and she, he was like, and and I was like, I can't, I can't see what she's saying. I think, and he goes, I think she was saying my name. I was like, what? And I like looked, and I was like, ha, you're Benicio del Toro.
0: <laughs> and he was
1: like. It was like, yes, I am. I was like, oh, man, like, I love your movies and, like, um, I'm super – I'm sorry. I am just got off work. And we sat there and had, like, three or four whiskeys together and we just kind of, sh- you know, hey, so what are you doing in town? You know, I was just, like, highballing and I was like, yeah, so I work here. You know, I'm making $10 an hour flipping burgers in the back, you know, but, like, I owned the place by the time uh, I was done talking. Totally. You know. Yeah, yeah, but he bought me whiskey for you know two or three shots. I was like, all nice right, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was really awesome.
0: Nice. I just looked that yeah. movie up. That was in two thousand three. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. The okay. hunted. Yep. That's awesome. It's a pretty good movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, you fed him. You you made his belly happy while he it, was working on that movie.
1: Yeah, and he fed me after I got off work too. So that was <laughs> I lived off whiskey and cigarettes back then. So I was in hog heaven.
0: That's perfect. Well, Brayden Hitt, <laughs> thank you so much. This was so much fun. And for all the people thank who you. absolutely love Overeasy, the best thing to do to follow you guys <coughs> and make uh, sure they're keeping up with what you guys are doing is social media, right? Instagram, Facebook, that's
1: the best way. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, <clears throat> I have, um, we have a, a website, social, or it's social media. It's uh, overeasy Southern Oregon, and then um, if in any of the search bars for social media, if you just put overeasy Southern Oregon, will come up. It has, we've changed our logo to kind of the like the Jetsons era, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a like, mid-century modern look thing going on. Um, so it'll say overeasy. We're we're there, and um, we're, right now, we, you know, we're still we're calling a meeting tomorrow with our staff, and we're. Kind of get their input and see how comfortable they are and see what they want to do and kind of go from there on what our next move is as a restaurant and as a, you know, just, uh, we've got some plans. Um, we, um, have already put in for outdoor seating. Uh, Yeah, we'll have it, uh, come hopefully this, you know, next couple of days here. Um, and then, um, we're also thinking about putting some tables in the tree well, we've got plans in for that. So like, we're doing everything that we can to stay, not just stay relevant, but just, Mm -hmm. you know, better our situation and come out of this, you know, in a brighter, more positive feel about, you know, who we are as a, as a restaurant and as individuals too. So,
0: well, I know the community is very appreciative of that. And also you guys bring butt loads of personality to downtown Medford. So, I just Thank you so much. Yeah, very thankful and tell the boss staff that we appreciate her as well. You go. Love you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Braden. If you are listening to this podcast on Apple's podcast app and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. We're also on Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. To watch it, you can go to ktvl.com, click on Features, or you can find us on YouTube. One more time, Braden, hit the man behind the curtain at Overeasy. Thank you so much, Braden. Love you.
1: you. Love you too.